Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline Destremps, and twice a month, I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating <laughs> to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits. So let's get started with the show today. Um, I'd like to introduce my guest. I have three guests in the studio today. Uh, up until now, I think we, I've just done two. So this is exciting to have another extra person here with me today. I'd like to introduce Laura Pahoulis, from the Executive Director with Arizonans for Children. And then I have Teresa Lyon, and she's the owner of Enchanted Island Amusement Park. And joining Teresa also from Enchanted Island Amusement Park is Claudia Castaneda. Did I get it? Yes. Oh, yay. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you all for joining me today. Um, I'm excited to talk with each of you about not just your business and your nonprofit, but what's really exciting is um, we're going to talk about kind of how you guys are partnering up to to help one another and um, talk a little bit about how uh, we can get some more businesses out there and, and uh, nonprofits to partner up and uh, just amplify their impact in the community. So to get started, I'm going to go ahead and get started with you, Laura. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Arizonans for Children? Sure. Arizonans for Children was founded in 2002 by Kay McCarthy, probably the most brilliant woman I've ever met. She's amazing. Uh, She saw a need to have a visitation center for children in foster care. Prior to that, kids were having visits with their parents in uh, case managers' offices. And that's not really conducive to a bonding and healing environment. So she set these centers up as a way for parents to come and spend time with their kids during the dependency process in an environment that's fun. There's games, there's movies, there's toys, but it's a safe environment and it's always supervised. Each of our centers, we have two, one in Mesa and one in Phoenix, sees between 700 and 1,000 families a week. That's a lot of families coming to our center, Mm -hmm. but it's also a lot of healing through the centers. We also have several different programs, a tutor-mentor program that matches volunteers with the community to mentor school-age kids in foster care. That is an amazing opportunity for not just the child, but the volunteer as well. And we have a a variety of life skill classes for the kids in foster care too, from cooking to a computer STEM class. Uh, a reading literacy program, and just a lot more. We're a small nonprofit with a big impact. Yes, that sounds like, oh my gosh, I had no idea when you said how many families are coming through there each week. Um, week. Wow, for just two centers. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So there's fully staffed, we have six and a half staff members. Mm -hmm. Everything else is done by volunteers. So that's where our largest impact in the community comes is partnering those people who want to help with the people who need the help. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. Well, Teresa, you want to tell us a little bit about Enchanted Island Amusement Park? We are an 11 ride and attraction amusement park in downtown Phoenix. Encanto Park was established in the late 1930s. Uh, Homeowners there actually owned the property and they had had a pedal boat dock and an amusement park that was their private uh, 
basically country club type stuff with also two golf courses. Oh, wow. The property was donated to the city of Phoenix later on. And in 1991, Enchanted Island reopened the uh, carousel. The Encanto carousel is still the original. It's a 1948 Alan Herschel carousel with all the original horses and machinery that we help maintain and keep available for the community. We work with Arizonans for Children to provide a day of fun for foster kids. We call it a foster festival. We Mm -hmm. do it sometime in the spring. We can't mention the date because it's obviously a sensitive event. However, we do work with very many local other businesses to provide as much of the event at cost or, or for free. We have great sponsors like Pepsi that donate pallets of soda and water, as well as many other organizations. I'm sure Claudia or Laura can remember. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, Mason, sure we'll Mason get into jar. talking about yeah. them too. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And then Claudia, what is it that you do for Enchanted Island Amusement Park? So I do a lot of the special events oh, okay. and marketing. I manage our social media pages. Mm-hmm. I'm currently managing our website, which is relatively new to me um, because we're transitioning into a new website. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you, ladies. So I actually, um, you mentioned uh, quite a bit about the visitation centers already, but can you maybe walk us through what what does a visitation look like what 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 is happening at the visitation center that makes this such a special place and so needed for these foster kiddos and their families who they're visiting with sure the thing to keep in mind is that the kids have all suffered some sort of trauma in their life that has brought them into care so dcs will coordinate with a case aid or parent aid to bring the kids to our center And then the parents meet them at the center for a visit. A visit can be anywhere from an hour to a full day, depending on the case plan. When the families come in, um, they may, the kids may not have seen their parents in weeks, months, or ever. And it can be a really awkward situation, especially if the kids recall the trauma that brought them into care. So we have created an environment that is comfortable and fun and soothing. Uh, One of the best ways to bond and re-engage is over food. So fortunately, uh, St. Mary's Food Bank provides kids cafe meals for our families, for the kids when they're on site. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Cafe Valley Bakery also provides pastries for our families at both of our centers. So they can start off with a meal. Uh, something, you know, just to reconnect and re-engage and you can't bond and heal if you're hungry, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So then then the visits can, they really take on a direction of the family and every visit's a little bit different. Older kids may want to play pool or ping pong or um, on our video game systems. We have big, deep, comfy sofas for parents to snuggle and bond and read books to babies. And uh, every visit, we treat every person that walks through our center with the same level of respect. Nobody's identified any differently, um, which is unique to our program because visits can happen out in the public. Um, And for safety reasons, things like keeping the restroom door propped open while a parent is using it is, that's something we do at our centers. But everybody, it's the expectation. If that was visit was happening at McDonald's, that might be kind of awkward right. having that door mm-hmm. held open. So there's still privacy. They have stalls in there, but it's just for safety's sake. 
So everyone knows that when they come in, they're going to be treated with respect. And our staff and volunteers may very likely be the only person in a parent's life that's smiling at them and telling them they can do it. And the parents have everyone in their life telling them what they're doing wrong. And we are not going to be that at our centers. So it's a very safe place for everyone involved. And Teresa, how did you first learn about Arizonans for Children? And and how did that, I guess, how did that partnership start out with you guys? Jeff Jane is a tutor mentor coordinator for Arizonans for Children. And he popped into our office over eight years ago, I believe, (laughs) and said, hey, do you guys think you could help us out with trying to put together a day for fun for foster kids? And what would be the expense and something like that? And my husband and I, and at the time, my father-in-law, was working with us also. And we're like, let's see if we can put this together for free. We work with a lot of businesses in the state of Arizona providing food for our customers because we do company picnics. Mm -hmm. So we have lots of contacts. Why not ask everybody to do something that day that would benefit foster children at completely cost or for free? Mm -hmm. And we were shocked how quickly everybody got on board, supported the event as well as the mayor at the time and Michael Nowakowski, Councilman Nowakowski. And then uh, Councilwoman Laura Pastor's office. They are a great support system for the event. And the City of Phoenix Parks Department, because the City of Phoenix Police Department fly in their helicopter and land it oh, wow. at Enchanted Island. <laughs> Park, so that takes a lot of coordinating. Fun, yeah. And yeah. then the, the SWAT team comes. And I mean, we try to get every military part. Branch. Branch, mm-hmm. yes. Yep, the military, I know. There, the Army, maybe. We'll help each other out with yeah. words. <laughs> and colleges. And so it's not yeah. just, a, it wasn't just a day for fun. We wanted to make sure we reached the kids and put smiles on their faces. Yeah. So it was very easy when Jeff asked about the event mm-hmm. to see it starting to grow and how much we could make it different every year. Yeah. And I love how, I mean, just that you started off you know, with your story talking about, well, Jeff just walked in and asked, but I, and I thought that was, that was a key piece right there. Ask, you never know. But then when you said, then you reached out to your, your vendors and all the companies that have, you know, had their picnics and such there, and you asked them as well. A lot of times you, you just have to ask, you mm-hmm. know, you never know. The <laughs> and if you always know if you don't ask. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I was sharing a little bit off air before we started about how um, I get approached by companies and nonprofits who say, I really want to partner up or we could really use some help with an event. And I say, well, who have you asked? And they just, well, I don't know. I don't know who to ask. And, and so it really does come down to who do you already have those connections with? And it's great that, you know, you had those connections and it was um, such a, it seems like the process just really flowed for you. And so that's really great. So you said that was eight years ago. And so have you been doing that event then every year since then? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, my gosh. And then, um, Claudia, what does that coordination look like then for you? I mean, obviously, you do other events there as well, but maybe specifically for this for this event. How many how many people come to this? We can get up to 5,000. Oh, my gosh. Attend. Okay. <laughs> so and it's, it's all day? Or? event. Yes, oh, pretty wow. much okay. all day. Mm-hmm. So we typically plan, you know, throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. And I know that typically in the fall, we start, you know, monthly meetings. And as the date get closer, you know, our, our meetings are weekly. But I mean, we try to establish contacts with other businesses. I know Jeff's dream is to have a Ferris wheel <laughs> at one of the, you know, 
Foster Festival. Yeah. So maybe we'll get one this year <laughs> or for next year. Who do we know in the Ferris wheel business? Come on, who can Ray Kamek shows. You know, Ray Kamek shows. They do the state fair. We're trying hard. <laughs> he, he, Jeff has tried, you know, hard every year to try to get a Ferris wheel and maybe his dream will come true for the kids. So what other... You you talked about there being, you know, branches from the military are there, Phoenix police come out. What other um, businesses get involved with this? And how did, did they hear about it and say, I want to be involved? Or, you know, how did that come about? Well, I'll start with uh, this year we had a local business called Healthy Mason Jar. They agreed to come in. It's a food truck. Oh, they wow. agreed to mm. come in and provide over 5,000 hot dogs. And they cooked them and prepared oh them for the kids. Yeah. It's a really small business. to but they want to help. Yes. And, and 5,000 bags of chips. Oh, yeah. And 5,000 <laughs> bags of chips. So, well, because, yeah, you got to have the chips. You have too. to have the chips. <laughs> so, it's pretty amazing. Um, that was uh, a really big help for the program itself, mm-hmm. for the event. Um, other businesses and stuff also, I'll let Teresa um, go over some of the other ones that have helped out. But, we have a lot of sponsorship opportunities too. Everything sponsorships can be anything from a $200 uh, porta potty sponsor. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want your name on the porta potty? Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> you oh, could have some fun with that. Exactly. I mean, come on. That could be, <laughs> it could be a joke, right? Yeah. All the way up to sponsoring um, the haircut trailer mm-hmm. or the game trailer or the rock wall. So there's a lot of different ways. Uh, it, and I like that you, you come up with so many unique experiences because right. who wants to, I mean, any more who's, who wants to say, yes, please, here's $5,000 so I can be your silver sponsor. I mean, you want it to right. feel like it's something. You I, know, and it's, can you imagine being the, you know, sponsor that provided the zip line at the Foster Festival? That's I exciting. Mean, so 5,000 kids got to ride a zip uh-huh. line because of you? That right. would be great, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And with Cafe uh, Bakery also provides, which we met because we did their company picnic and they were already friends with Arizona's for Children. Oh, so wow. I thought that was totally cool. So they have benefited us by being a profit for us. Yeah. But then they also donate pallets of mm-hmm. baked goods. It is very cool at the end of the Foster Kids Festival. If we have leftover baked goods, kids, the foster kids get to go home with a whole cake. And you oh, see these wow. little four-year-olds walking out with a <laughs> big cake, old cake. Like they got the best gift of their life oh, yeah. because of a donation from Cafe Bakery. Yeah. But Pepsi and Frito-Lay and the Healthy Mason Jar, not only do they bring their 5,000 hot dogs and their 5,000 chips, but we also get Albertson's Food to donate another 5,000 hot dogs. And Frito Lay donates another five thousand chips, and they help us distribute and cook all of those, which is a huge undertaking mm-hmm. to cook ten thousand hot dogs. Oh yeah, I, get it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard enough time doing a couple burgers and hot dogs on the grill, and and, <laughs> and making sure everything comes out the way everyone wants it. But. Yeah, I just want to mention, like Healthy Mason Jar, they brought their own volunteers. You know, um, we have Catholic charities mm-hmm. that brought volunteers, Calvary Chapel. Is it Arrowhead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brought, you know, volunteers and they helped out a lot um, this past year. How many volunteers total do you think you it takes for you guys to put this this? Uh, so if we were staffing on? it, 
and paying the employees, we would need 100 people. Right. We we like to have 150 volunteers because they are new at the job. Right. And they take a little bit of training. Mm-hmm. So we 150 to 200 volunteers is acceptable. Right. To right. make an event like this happen. And how do you find, I mean, you've got some churches, it sounds like you're partnering with, but how else are you finding all the volunteers? People want to help. Yeah. Um, and our, a lot of the volunteers at Arizonans for Children mm-hmm. that may work at our, help out at our visitation center or facilitate a class or something like that, uh, see this opportunity. And it's a great day. It's in the, you know, in February, the weather's perfect. So I know we have kind of a hard time here in in June thinking about having an outdoor, an outdoor event with cooking by the grill. But yeah, in February, that sounds great. It's a beautiful time to be out and about. And a lot of the, you know, we offer the opportunity to to volunteer to any of the businesses that sponsor oh, okay, great. too oh, as that's well. great. To get to see the fun and excitement oh, yeah. on the kids' faces mm-hmm. when, you know, we've had kids, because it's open to any child in foster care. Okay. So we've had kids come all the way from Yuma oh, wow. to this event and told Kay, our president, that this was better than Disneyland. Aww. So, I yeah. mean, that speaks volumes yeah. to the efforts that Enchanted Island puts mm-hmm. into this event. So, um, obviously, the foster children, is it their foster families then that come with them? Or Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of group homes right. uh, come too, but uh, it is open to any child in foster That's care. Great. Yeah. I wanted to go back a little bit. Um, and now since we're on the topic of volunteers, um, what you talked about the um, mentoring program that you have. So, Talk about the different ways that volunteers can help out either at the visitation center or I know you have a special, um, you mentioned a STEM program as well. Yes. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start there because okay. that's my favorite part. Oh, of good, good. Here. Okay. <laughs> so one thing I found in working with kids in foster care is that children, a lot of children placed in group homes do not have access to technology. Mm-hmm. So how are they doing homework? How are they doing schoolwork without access to a computer? So my husband is an engineer at General Dynamics and I talked was just talking to him about this one day and he said, well, have you, let's look at our Raspberry Pi. A Raspberry Pi is a microcomputer, very cost-effective microcomputer. They're about $45. He said, let's put a curriculum together get people in the community to donate monitors, mouse, and keyboards. I will secure funding for the first class to of, to buy the actual Raspberry Pi. And let's make it a four-week class. And at the end of the fourth class, the kids actually take the entire computer system with them, which is fantastic in yeah. and of itself, right? But what we're teaching them is basic coding and programming. Okay. Oh, wow. Using, we sometimes, it depends on the age group of the kids. We'll start with Scratch, which is a drop and drag programming. But we even go as far as into JavaScript and Python Mm -hmm. and command-based, command-line programming with the kids. So they're actually learning a marketable skill in four weeks. Mm -hmm. And then they have their computer to take with them. And it's small. It's smaller than your cell phone. So even when they change placements again and again and again, it's really easy to pick up that microcomputer and take it with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the and these classes are right in the visitation center? They oh, are. Wow. Okay. We have a fantastically remodeled space for yes. them. Uh, one of our local builders, David Weekly Homes, renovated the space for this class. And we used to be able to host eight to 10 kids. And with the newly remodeled space, we can do up to 25 kids per session. Uh, We had a 14-year-old girl in the first class 
we kept telling them at the end of the fourth class, you're going to be able to take the computer system with you. Mm -hmm. But the kids in foster care are used to people making promises that don't always come to fruition. So at the end, the fourth class, she'd been to all four classes. Um, We make a cute certificate for them. And I said, okay, we loaded the whole computer system into a backpack. I said, you get to take this with you. And she started crying. She said, you mean I'm finally going to be able to do my homework? And uh, even though it was, you know, four Saturdays in a row and my husband was like, am I going to be here every Saturday? uh, That cemented it for him. He said, we will do this (laughs) as often as we can just to make sure these kids have access to technology. Oh, wow. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is such a neat program. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So do you still then um, have the um, monitor, mouse and keyboard? Is that still something that community... Or businesses donate and then, oh, okay. Yeah, Uh, which because everybody has an old mouse or monitor or keyboard, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the perfect spot for them now. We take them and the kids are so happy to have something of their very own. Oh, yeah. And And something that cool. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, So that's sort of one of my favorite programs. But we also have a literacy program that we're starting. We're, We're still in the development stages of it where we're building little libraries for the kids. Um, one of our volunteers is a former woodshop teacher, Mike, and he is building these little libraries for the kids. We're going to have the our mentors and their mentee come to the center and personalize the library and then fill it full of books so that it's theirs to have always. Oh, and, fun. Right? And then yeah. we'll build on that program with uh, book clubs and groups mm-hmm. and journaling and things like that. Uh, so that's exciting and coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, what a fun, that's a really fun program. I, I mean, I was, I was excited when my neighborhood got a little library. Like one of our neighbors <sighs> got one put up in the front yard. And as soon as the announcement went out, I mean, I was excited. And look, I can right? just imagine. So they get to actually take their little they library. They take their library Aww. with them. And then um, I actually really want a little library for each of our visitation centers outside for um, the community to use. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's an exciting program that's starting. But the really interesting thing that I like is that our mentors will bring their mentee to this class. So Mm -hmm. it's another way for them to bond. Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. I was actually going to ask. I said, okay, so who's teaching the class? Who's in the class? So the the mentors get to come to the class with them. Oh, right. I'm sure they're learning something during that class too. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) So our mentor program is a really fantastic program too. It matches school-age kids in foster care uh, with volunteers from the community. We ask for an eight-hour-a-month commitment and for a year to the child Mm -hmm. um, because we know that's enough to create a secure bond with the child. Uh, Our mentors pick the kids up from their foster placement or group home and take them out into the community to parks, libraries, restaurants, Enchanted Island provides Uh passes for our mentors to take their kids there. It's pretty amazing. The statistics that go along with this program are incredible. So, and I'm a numbers person, Mm -hmm. so I will tell you that I've checked these statistics numerous times. Our goal was after six months of having a mentor, we wanted improvement in four areas. We wanted a 90% of the kids to improve in four areas. That would be attendance, grades, behavior, but most importantly, self-esteem and Mm self-worth. And in 2017, we fell slightly short. We came in at Mm 89.75%, which was pretty close. But after a year of having a mentor, guess what that statistic is? 
95. Okay. <laughs> I think it's 100%. It right? is 100%. Oh, no. <laughs> it's 100%. And being the numbers person I am, I thought there's no way that's accurate because <laughs> they're kids, yeah, right? right? But what we found is that even if a mentor doesn't help with homework, if they ask the child about homework, mm-hmm. they're creating accountability right. with the child. But even more, I feel more most important is that when the mentors show up when they promise to come, mm-hmm. uh, it's building trust. And that's something that the kids in foster care definitely need. They need a consistent person in their life and the mentors are fulfilling that role. Um, and it, it improves their self-worth. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So we do have a waiting list for kids. Um, it's about 100 kids waiting oh for mentors. Gosh. I was so. just going to say, so how many volunteers do you have? But it doesn't matter because you need 100 more. We need 100 more. <laughs> exactly. And uh, they really, I, I, what I like about this program is that uh, our mentors choose the child that they're going to mentor from age group and gender um, and likes and interests. We encourage our mentors to take their family and friends on mentor visits Mm -hmm. because we want the kids to see what healthy relationships look like, how a mother should treat a child, Mm -hmm. how a husband should treat a wife and things like that. We want them to, our mentors to model those behaviors that the kids are often missing out on. Right. Yeah. Going back to, well, not maybe not just the event. I know you mentioned that um, at Enchanted Island, you work with other, you know, nonprofits and some schools um, doing events like that. How do you, um, what would you say is probably, you know, some of the successes that you've had with those, you know, partnerships? What makes them successful and why nonprofits like working with you guys? I think Claudia and I will both answer this together. So we do multiple events. It's a night of giving that we call it, where we get our employees to volunteer for three hours for free, basically come to work for free for a meal. The nonprofit provides a meal for them and we charge a discounted rate at the gate. So basically if you pay the $6 fee per person to come in, you get three hours of free rides, which one train ride right now with you buy tickets is $6.25. So you're getting three hours of free rides and we give 90% of the money that's collected to the nonprofit that night. Oh, we wow. tried okay. to, we've tried to do five, uh, night of givings per year. One of the ones that's closest to our heart is obviously we do one for Arizona's for Children. Right. We do it the month before our festival. And then um, we also do one for Parents and Murdered Children. We do that one in September. And then we do lots of local um, schools, inner city schools to help them raise money so they can help provide uh, backpacks and school supplies for the kids as well as um, another event for St. Mary's Food Bank. And Claudia can answer more about We've also done fundraisers or nights of giving for um, like Phoenix Rescue Mission, okay, which helps um, like homeless people. We also do fundraisers where those are like they get 40% of sales. And again, those are for nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. A lot of the schools take advantage of those. We do hundreds of um, donation requests where we do um, passes to the amusement mm-hmm. park. Every... Um, July, I reach out to the school districts around our area and offer them passes. They always ask, you know, for um, giveaways. They struggle to get, especially um, Title I schools, struggle to get parents to come to parent-teacher conferences, PTO meetings. So they request, you know, 
passes as incentives. So we give out like a hundred um, free passes to the amusement park to each school district and offer them discounts and coupons. So they, you know, get parents to come to their parent teacher conferences or, you know, special events that they're hosting at their school. I don't know what other. Basically, ideas. if you send a donation request to Enchanted Island to Claudia, it's not going to be denied. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> and I take it the park is open year round, right? So, it, we are oh, every well. every weekend. Every weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was that's what I was. In the summer, we have evening hours. Oh, good. But uh, once it gets cooler, then we have uh, day hours again. Right. Right. Oh, that's great. So, what would you say then? You know, obviously, it sounds like you guys, you know, you have a great heart, and that's why you like to give back. But what are some of the other, you know, bonuses you found to giving back? to different nonprofits and, and what other things have you guys feel like you've you've gotten from those so, par- partnerships? Oh, when we do our harvest festival, we decided, okay, we're going to provide a harvest festival for the parents in the Valley to bring their kids to have a day of fun that don't want to necessarily drive up to, back then it was Young's Farm. Mm-hmm. But when we started doing the event, we're like, okay, what about those kids whose parents cannot afford to go to the harvest festival or never going to drive out of the Valley? How do we make a difference? So we're like, okay, the Harvest Festival is right around Thanksgiving. Well, who needs the most during Thanksgiving? Families need food for their Thanksgiving dinner. So we called St. Mary's Food Bank and we're like, we're going to give discounts to families that are coming to the day. If they bring a can of food, they're going to get a dollar off their mm-hmm. admission. So we do up to five cans of food is a dollar off per can during the Harvest Festival as a discount instead of taking coupons that weekend, we want canned food. Mm -hmm. So if we could raise three pallets of canned food on a two-day event weekend, we feel like we've made a huge difference. I know that it created like 18,000 meals for St. Mary's Food Bank to hand out on on a weekend event. So we're like, okay, wow, big deal. Right. That didn't hurt us and it helped the community. So Mm -hmm. what can we do next? So then, you know, we go to our Christmas event where we have sledding. We bring in snow and provide Ooh. a sled hill. And we do a decorated train and Santa's there. So we're like, okay, how do we impact the community again? So the foster children are always invited to every event we have. So Arizona for Children has unlimited supplies of our nice. tickets to give out <laughs> for yes. all the mentors to bring their mentees yes. to every event. And we do get to see them and they make sure they always wave at oh, us and thank good. us for their stuff. But again, how do we reach the families that don't have the money to drive to Flagstaff when it's snowing? Mm-hmm. So we uh, contact St. Vincent's de Paul and try to reach those families that are in shelters so that they get to come out. And we've had in the van- in the past places donate turkeys so we can give them a turkey for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners. Yeah. And just trying to always make a difference. It, you know, Arizona's for Children always can send us kiddos too that need jobs, which working with Jeff, they have said, hey, I have a 16-year-old child that's in a group home that needs a job. How can you help? So send them to us. We'll interview. These kids need life skills. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to do an interview, fill out an application, how to say yes, ma'am, thank you, how to put on their uniform, comb their hair, shower properly before they came, Mm -hmm. because there's nobody telling them these things. So employing them, Claudia and I both have had the heart to see, try to make the difference. Because with look, trying to grow up without a mom and a dad is very hard. Mm-hmm. So anything that we can do to make a difference, we try. And, you know, and I think, you know, kind of what you were saying uh, a few minutes ago was just, you know, it's not that you're going out of your way 
to do really any of these things. I mean, there it's these are things that you could, you know, you're just saying, hey, let's do a canned food drive. Okay, boom, do the canned food drive. And um, one of the things that I, you know, want to try and get across to people is um, it doesn't have to be a huge, uh, any kind of huge gesture or huge uh, time uh, out of your, t- you know, schedule or out of your time with your family to be able to make a difference and give back. And especially for companies, and sometimes it's something as simple as, like you said, hey, instead of coming up with discount coupons, let's just ask them to bring a can of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it just, just some easy ways, just really, you know, easy ways to to make a difference and give back and and. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, so you talked about the night of giving, any other special events that you do throughout the year, what types of things, um, any other things that, you know, like the community is invited to or involved in or that you have volunteers help you out with? I want to go back to one event. We do the single moms event. Oh, okay. In September with Caleb. And we do give out free passes again to single moms because they don't have the opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes to take their kids out. And we've also, again, had our um, vendor or, you know, somebody that we partner with that does haircuts. He takes out his truck to the single moms event. Oh, wow. So we do have a lot of partners that help us in other events that that we do. But some of the special events that we host at the amusement park, um, like Teresa mentioned, our harvest festival, our Christmas event. We also have the summer, or this is a, the first year we're going to do our back to school bubble bash. Ooh, party. So that that's fun. That's really <laughs> uh, We do our Easter egg hunts in, uh-huh. you know, March or April, depending on when Easter lands. And Food City is a big sponsor. And um, Radio La Campesina sponsor that event. And um, May, we have our Cinco de Mayo event. Usually it's the first Sunday in May. We have live entertainment, live bands, ballet folklorico, Mexican food. We do piñatas. And then um, we have another new event coming up in September. You guys are busy. Yes. (laughs) We have um, Pirates Day. That's still in the planning, but it is in in September. Is it on National Talk Like a Pirate Day? We're going to do it the weekend after. Yes, the weekend. <laughs> so that's relatively new. You'll see us with our eye patches. Oh, fun. <laughs> that day. Okay. And then we're planning a multicultural day in October as well. So, I mean, we have a lot of new events we're trying yeah, this year. That is just great. It sounds like you just have a lot of really creative people on your staff that just love to do events for the community. And I just love how you just rally everybody together to to make things come together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And and the Easter egg hunt's free. And so was the Cinco de Mayo event. Oh, wow. The families to be able to come out and enjoy the day. And and then inside the eggs, there might be something to get them free rides too, so. Ooh, (laughs) a little extra incentive. (laughs) And then what other special events do you have at the, either at the visitation centers or, or the Arizona Children puts on? We have quite a few events. Uh, our our largest outside of the Foster Festival is our annual holiday party. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the kids in foster care, our party may be the only holiday type event they get. So we really try to make it super fantastic for them. Uh, it, we have a full holiday type meal for the kids to eat and their caregivers to have turkey, mashed potatoes, everything. 
We have Santa on site. Um, Star Wars characters from the Dark Empire come out. It's um, a really fantastic event, but the most memorable thing for the kids other than getting to sit on Santa's lap and all that fun is we give the kids an entire bag that is full of wrapped Christmas gifts. Every single child gets that. And in that bag, there's a handmade blanket, which the kids, when they wrap it around themselves, say that feels like they're getting a hug. Mm. Uh, A stuffed animal in a book. Every child gets that. Then we try to wrap three to five really fantastic gifts for the kids. Uh, and we hand those out. So I'll just tell a quick story of um, not this past Christmas, but the one before I had matched a little girl with her mentor. And she came into the party and saw me and came and ran and gave me a hug. Told me I found the best mentor ever for her, <laughs> which was really sweet. She would check in with me throughout the party. She'd come up and say, did you know they have stuffing? And do you call it dressing or do you call it stuffing? <laughs> right? Which is cute. Yeah. Um, she saw Big Red from the Cardinals and came back to tell me about that. And just throughout the event, she would check in with me. Towards the end of the event, when we had passed out all of the gifts, I saw her across the gym with her bag of presents. Now she was seven, so the bag was nearly as big as she was. <laughs> her bag next to her, and she was crying, just big, mm-hmm. ugly tears. So I dropped everything and ran over and got on my knees and asked what was wrong. And she said, I must not be the bad girl Miss Martha said I was because Santa gave me these presents. So Miss Martha had been a former foster placement Mm -hmm. and uh, I gave her a hug and told her, of course, she's not a bad girl and Santa would know. And that's the impact that we have Mm -hmm. for about a thousand kids come to this party. Uh, Even if they don't tell us that this has made them feel like they're worthy, it creates a sense of worth Mm -hmm. for these kids. And lifelong memories. Oh, yeah. So it's fun to see. It's heartbreaking when we see the same kids year after year after year Mm -hmm. come through this event. Um, But they recognize us and they thank us. And uh, we don't do it for the thanks, but uh, it's fantastic when we hear that. Yeah. So that's one of our really heartwarming events that's all run by volunteers too. That one also takes about 150 volunteers. Oh, I can imagine. Just the gift wrapping alone. Well, And we start wrapping (laughs) gifts uh, the first week of November and Uh go all the way up into the party and start collecting toys and uh, hygiene items and stuff for that and handmade blankets for that event. I was going to say, where do you get all those blankets from? Who is out there making those blankets? There's a lot of really neat... um, quilters out there. Um, We have some groups. We just picked up some Afghans from a lovely lady named Wanda that um, made them and asked if we would want them. And so I I had one of our staff just drive right over and pick them up because that's fantastic. And so that's a neat event. We do um, a train park picnic at Adobe Mountain Train Park in January. Another really fun event. Mm -hmm. The kids love the model trains and all of that fun things. And Every one of our special events like this Cafe Valley Bakery donates pastries for. So it's pretty amazing. We're planning our summer back to school bash Mm -hmm. and a resource fair. And the resource fair is specific to kids, teens in care that are going to age out of care that have a case plan of independent living. So we want businesses that hire entry level employees and we want the trades the the roofing companies, Mm -hmm. the painting companies, things like that, to come in and talk to the kids about 
real life, what does that job look like? What what skills are required? Are there certifications required? Do you have to have a vehicle? But not even just that. So if we have, say we have someone that does bookkeeping for a living, come and talk to the kids about what bookkeeping looks like. Mm-hmm. But then also tell them, well, if you get your CPA, then this is what that job can change right. to. So we really truly are... Um, we're hoping to have a couple hundred teens come to this event and have a few different trade contractors um, that partner with David Weekly Homes coming in to present at this and talk to the kids about what those jobs look like. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yes. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to, we've been talking about so many different ways to get involved and to help out. So I just want to make sure that as we're kind of wrapping things up here, we get all of that information out there so that if somebody is listening and they're saying, okay, hurry up, just give me the website. What do I do? I want to help right now. So let's get some of those resources out there. So you just talked about the resource fair. Where can they find more information? If there's a business who wants to get involved with that resource fair, what what do they need to do? The best bet is to email me. Okay. And my email address is az4children.laura at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. And we'll make sure that we have that when this um, show gets posted on the website. We'll make sure that that contact information is on there. And then as far as the mentoring, you did talk a little bit about the time commitment, but what else do people need to know if they are thinking about becoming a mentor? Uh, we have a screening process um, because we it's a very vulnerable population mm-hmm. we're serving. So there is an interview process. We do a background check. Um, we check references. So that will all happen prior to getting matched with a child just for safety's sake. But that process can be very quick. We've had an application come in on a Tuesday and match them on a Thursday. So sometimes it takes longer, but that's right. uh, it's a pretty simplistic and streamlined process to to really have an impact on a child's life. Right. I always say, how much does it cost to be the difference? Eight hours a month. Yep. <laughs> that's the cost. <laughs> and then separate from the mentorship program, say somebody's thinking, eh, I don't know that I'm ready to jump into that just yet. What types of volunteer opportunities do you have? Sure. We have two visitation centers that are solely run by volunteers. Our well, um, greeters are, that sign in the families and uh, one in Mesa at Brown and Horn and Phoenix at 11th Avenue and Camelback. Those shifts are very flexible. And, uh, you know, if it's an hour a week a person has to offer, then we'll take an hour a week for that. We also utilize volunteers to facilitate our classes. So cooking classes, resume writing Yeah, we classes, didn't even get to the classes. Right. Financial yeah. literacy classes. Yeah. All of those are volunteer-led. Okay. So uh, whatever the passion is for somebody, I would love to have someone come in and do a vision board workshop with our Ooh. kids, you know, something like that. So they can yeah. start mapping out their future. Oh. Oh, that's really exciting. So all that information, is that available then on your website? It is. Okay. And the website is? Uh, www.arizonansforchildren.org. Okay. Perfect. All right. So let's move on. Enchanted Island Amusement Park. If people want to, obviously, if people want to come out to the park, that's awesome. Where are you guys located again? We're at 7th Avenue, west of 7th Avenue <laughs> on Encanto Boulevard, which is just north of McDowell and south of Thomas. We're at 1202 West Encanto Boulevard. Okay. And then you said, kind of an overview. I, I, I got stuck on the paddle boats because I'm kind of a sucker for paddle boats, but what else do you have out there? 
train, carousel, uh-huh. a rock wall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Eleven that rides and attractions. Oh, wow. Picnic grounds, birthday parties, company picnics. Yeah, you can yep. find all of it on www.enchantedisland.com. Okay, perfect. And then for those types of events, where um, are there types of events that you guys have out there where you could use some extra volunteers from the community? Is that something they can find out on there, or does that normally come through the nonprofits that are having their events there? It usually comes through the nonprofits okay. that are having their events there. Mm-hmm. But if there's any organizations out there who feel like they want to help with any of those events or the Arizona's for Children's event, should they go ahead and contact you, Claudia? They, yeah, they can at Claudia at EnchantedIsland.com or they can give us a call at 602-254-1200 and then the extension is 221. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I think I, I just, again, I can't get over just how many, your little community, I guess I could say over there at Enchanted Island and how uh, it's all connected now with Arizona's for Children and how you guys go back and forth. And it's, it's not just a partnership of, oh, hey, we have an event there once a year for the foster kids, but it sounds like, you know, with those connections that you have all made over the last eight years now, it sounds like you've got just a really great little community of people who, um, when you need something, even if it is a Ferris wheel, <laughs> you can call upon those people um, and they will help you out. And I just think that's great. And um, on that note, we're going to go ahead and um, end today's show. Again, thank you all so much. You've been listening to 3C Amplified, where twice a month we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating and inspire you to be part of something greater. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStremps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization and mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Mm-hmm.